Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, Ruben Abudarabi. Ruben, you're the founder founder of the Austin agency found on the web at the Austin.agency. Ruben, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, Josh. Pleasure to be here. Yes. So high level, explain what the Austin agency does. Yeah, absolutely. We are a creative growth lab. So enterprises come to us when they want to crack a really tough growth challenge. And they want to do so really, really fast. So let's say you're a Fortune 100 company and you're trying to figure out how to get, what, what new market you should get into. You come to us, we've got a whole series of fun experiences that we take you through, and you'll have an answer in less than 30 days. Yeah, so um, go ahead and break that down a little bit. So it, um, so you help them overcome their, their growth challenges, but, but how do you do that? Yeah, no, totally. Great, great question. So we started off as a business development agency, and our job was, yeah. I guess, kind of similar to yours, right? Relationships-based and leveraging mm-hmm. relationships and getting people exposure and what happened was, I guess for your audience, the best way to think of us was we were like a Hollywood agent. We weren't the star of the show, but our job was to get you into the movie, right? Our mm-hmm. job was to get you into the right room at the right time with the right decision makers. And so we took a whole bunch of small to medium-sized, best-in-class, primarily tech companies, some manufacturing, some service-based business into the world of the Fortune 2000 at the director, the VP, or the C-level. And you can say, oh, how do you do that? Well, I'm a, I'm a cold-calling machine, and my team is a cold-calling machine. Today, I mean, on average, I make 250 cold calls a day. So, My so gosh. I, I just, you know, if, if, if you tell us the company you want to get into and, and by God, we will get you into that company. <laughs> so that, that is the origins of what we were doing. And then yeah. it just got to devolve into much more of a, well, wait a minute, we've got really serious growth challenges. Like what? We got a legacy product. We don't know if we should shut it down or we should, we should take it into um, a new market. And then our clientele started to shift, Josh. We went from small to medium-sized companies to really big companies because what we discovered was in mid-sized large enterprise They've got big problems too. And so our tagline became turning corporations into startups, right? How do you take these organizations and get them faster, leaner, more aggressive, and help them win? So we help corporations win in the revenue war. So I, uh, on your website right now, I, I'm seeing something called anti-fragile leadership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, so a lot of people will talk about resilience. And as we all know, we just came out of COVID, right? I mean, it's been it's been one shock after another. And I'm actually one of those. I'm not a doom and gloom kind of guy. I'm a very hopeful yeah. person. And I also recognize that I think we're in for a series of shocks. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think this is the end. If, if one ship in the Suez Canal can shut down global trade for six days, Oof. we're a little bit more fragile than, than we might want to think about or admit. The difference is, are we going to have a victim mentality or are we going to have an overcoming mentality towards it? So when we start talking about anti-fragility, it's not, it's not resistance or resilience training. That's resisting something. It's how do you actually grow during a shock? How do you prepare? How do you grow during a shock? How do you take advantage of chaos and turn it into growth? And so that became the genesis of, of really our set of experiences. How do you grow in uncertain times and how do you welcome shocks and change? Yeah, you have uh, the Austin agency. You've had the opportunity to work and get into and engage with some pretty large companies. Can you maybe kind of give us the, uh, the, the, the story of your trajectory, kind of where you started your humble beginnings, how you've landed your first clients and, and kind of how you grew and scale, scaled your authority in terms of, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the folks that you've been able to work with? 
Yeah, absolutely. So what happened for us was, I would love to tell you there's a big grand master plan. There really wasn't. My life kind of crashed and burned around 35. I was going through divorce. I was in financial services. This was around 08, 09. So I'm not trying to give you the typical rags to riches story. That's not it. But I would say I stumbled into something. I stumbled into something that I have and now my team has. We have the ability to connect people who should be talking together. And that's what we did. We started just building relationships one at a time for our, for our clients. And we continue to do so. What we what we shifted into in anti-fragile leadership is, wait a minute, what if you could take your teams, put them in a room with decision makers, turn it into like a shark tank experience where you're pitching them on your ideas, your concepts, your messaging, your direction, and on the spot, get feedback. On the spot, get feedback from decision makers in the target market. And they'll score it. They'll give you feedback. They'll give us anonymous feedback that we'll share with you. And you can just make decisions faster and more intelligently. And what we discovered was, the larger the corporation, the less coordination. The larger the corporation, the less coordination, right? Mm. Left hand doesn't necessarily know what the right hand is doing. Sales yeah. hates marketing, marketing hates sales. They all hate finance. I'm <laughs> being facetious, right? But, but, but could you build these- A little bit, teams? a little bit facetious. A little bit, a little bit. But could you build these super teams and put them in a room together and have them solve problems together fast and they thought were possible, tear down walls, tear down barriers, and make yeah. decisions based on what's actually happening in the marketplace? Yeah, Talk about more about what those conversations, what those meetings look like. They're crazy. I mean, you put somebody in a room with a decision maker. First of all, everyone's nervous. I mean, and that's normal, right? Everyone's a little bit nervous. What's going to happen? Within the first five minutes, everybody starts to relax and they actually start to have a good time. But the ability to sit in front of a decision maker and say, hey, look, this is what we're thinking about doing. This is what we're, what we're, what we're building. This is, do we have product market fit? And just having authentic relationships with folks in your marketplace who makes decisions about the things that you want to sell or you want to promote. No one's being sold, by the way, right? The reason, the reason these decision makers decide to show up is they get early access to information about things happening in their space that might be relevant to them. So no one's pitching each other. It's just authentic relationships-based um, relationship approach. Sometimes it leads to a sale. It could, right? We took one of our companies, one of our European clients into a C-level executive at Walmart. He loved what he heard. And he said, well, wait a minute. You need to talk to my VP of technology. And that ended up becoming a sales conversation. It was funny. The CEO of the company, our client, said that uh, said that he was going to frame the uh, Walmart NDA. He mm -hmm. said he was going to print out the Walmart NDA and frame it. So so those are the kind of moments that we create. But it, it's, authentic, it's authenticity to the max. You get to co-create with your marketplace in a way that I think is rather unusual. Yeah, excellent. So, um, so I just again, I just, I want to make sure, Ruben, I I understand correctly. I, I I'm getting a little lost on the on the framework here. Are you talking about um, within an organization that's become a little unwieldy? How can they recapture that kind of that startup spirit? Is yes. that is that the main Absolutely. goal here? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. All right. And and why um, why do you think this? Um, What's that? Disparation, right? This uh, this fragmentation of these. Is it just because there are just too many people, yeah. or what's going on in leadership um, that this is happening? You got too many people, and you got organizations that become really, really big, and it's harder. To, it's harder to communicate. I was speaking to a general manager over at um, over at uh, a, a Fortune uh, 50 company. He said, "You know, Ruben, you and I get on the phone. We spend 20 minutes together. We solve a problem. If I have to do this internally, interdepartmentally, it can take me up to six weeks." So bringing everyone together in an experience where we reform alliances and we reform uh, a spirit of the core is super powerful. Can I just give you an example? Maybe it'd be easier yeah, for your audience to give you an example, right? Because I, I feel like I'm talking very theoretical and I want to get into something really, really- Love it. Really, really, <laughs> now you're talking my language. <laughs> let's just get right, let's get right into something. We have an experience called anti-fragile inclusion, okay? 
Right now in corporate America, you're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Super important topic. How does everyone get a voice? How do you include people? How do you give people an opportunity to shine? How do you give people um, um, equity? And so what we created was Anti-Fragile Inclusion, which is a five-hour workshop. We take teams, multiple teams, from all across the company, all walks of life, you know, all looks, all tastes, all preferences. We, form, we put them in a room together. They have to form teams. They have to solve an actual business problem. They have to actually pitch decision makers in the marketplace, and they, and they have to compete against each other. And over the course of those five hours, let me tell you something. We rock them, we shock them, and we pop them. There is no time for unconscious or conscious bias at all. You transcend it. By the time you're done, the only thing you care about is winning with your team. And by the time you go back to your actual division within the company, you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, how do I get more diversity? That was an amazing experience. I got perspectives that I never would have thought of. Diversity between departments, diversity between lifestyles, diversity between, uh, let's say, um, um, you know, stories of origin. So those are the type of experiences that we create, high pressure, shark tank experiences where you pitch the marketplace, but you form amazing teams in the process. You solve actual business problems and you drive revenue. So is that a little bit more specific? I love it. I love it. I love it. Ruben, talk about um, your observation. I know you've been doing what you've been doing for a little while. Talk about how the market has changed or how some maybe some big evolutions that you've seen uh, in terms of the, you know, kind of the attention to culture or, or just, you know, maybe, maybe it's more market driven, some observations that you've found to be pretty interesting, or maybe again, it's just kind of a, um, listen, you know, we're, we're not the way that successful companies do business today is not the way that successful companies did business, say in the eighties and nineties, here's what great leaders know, um, in response to maybe it's, market-driven, you know, this is where consumers are. And when I say consumers, I mean, whoever you're selling to, right? Um, get, give us give us your, your view from on high. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. So I can give you three or four observations. And you tell me if you think these are helpful. One, um, if you work for a mid-sized large enterprise, the old rule was that, you know, hey, you could let startups or early stage companies go out there, disrupt your marketplace a little bit, right? They don't fight fair because mm-hmm. they don't really care about profitability. They only care about, or predominantly they care about growth so they can get real funky in pricing and drive drive all kinds of pressure into your business, all kinds of disruption in your business. But the promise was, okay, we'll let them play around a little bit, but eventually we'll buy them. That's not that common anymore, right? Early stage companies now are not that eager to get bought. They have access to a lot of institutional investments and they would rather run a much longer rate. So mid-sized large enterprise, your, your, your weapon of buying R&D is, is diminishing or it's taking longer. Second one is people talk a lot about culture. You know, mm. it's all about culture. and when, Then how come we have cultures that are super toxic that have explosive growth? Don't get me wrong. I'm all for a healthy culture. Nothing wrong with that. But I think it would be much more apt to focus on do we have the right atmosphere for growth, right? Move the conversation to atmosphere, not culture, right? Uh, wait, wait, break that. Wait, before you continue on. Yeah. Please help me differ, differentiate that a little bit more for me. I think it's the right people at the right time working on this at the right problem with the with the right motivation. It, it, it's it's more than just it's more than just culture. It's folks coming together and saying, you know, wait a minute, we've got some magic in a bottle here. Like all of us are motivated to work on the same problem at the same time, coming from different walks of life. Let me see if I can take it further. Atmosphere, my friend, is um versus culture. Atmosphere is just a feeling. It's that intangible mm-hmm. feeling that, you know what, that ordinary people are doing extraordinary things. When you've got ordinary people in your organization doing extraordinary things and you remove the barriers and the rules that hold them back, you now have an atmosphere for explosive growth. Nothing wrong with culture, but culture tends to be more about norms and behavior and, and that sort of thing. 
And I think that um, what separates culture from atmosphere is risk. Is an organization willing to take a little bit more risk and really unleash their teams to drive explosive growth? Mm. Yeah, excellent, excellent. All right, so um, if someone's hearing this and they're like, whoa, 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 uh, okay, I want atmosphere. <laughs> are there are there any great books that you'd recommend on this? Are there, may, have you produced any longer form content that people can start, you know, on, on a one-on-one of, you know, creating great, you know, great atmosphere within their organizations, within their workplace? Yeah, I think so. A great book that I read years ago that really blew my mind is a book by Byron Katie called Loving What Is. Loving What Is. It's a framework for questioning the thoughts in your mind and how you actually about how you question and separate good thoughts and bad thoughts and helpful thoughts from unhelpful thoughts. And so organizations that have a heavy emphasis on folks into personal development and growth tend to start creating those atmosphere where the impossible can happen. And I have not written anything longer about it, although I will do <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. So uh, follow Ruben uh, if you want That's more right. Uh, right. on this topic. Um, I, I'm excited for it. What can we do? Let's let's say someone's listening to us and they're like, listen, we just, there would be some advantages if we were all working together in the same office. But hey, since COVID, we all decided to work um, separately, you know, uh, distributed. And um, I don't think we're going back to the office. Um, how can I be mindful of creating great atmosphere uh, and, you know, this esprit de corps across yeah. departments and leaders um, virtually? Two things. Um, number one, sit down with each individual and figure out what is it they do best and have them focus on, you know, the, the, the 20% that give them the 80% of their, of their best yield, Right. Don't have them focus on things that they're not good at. Have them focus myopically as much as you can on the things that they really do well so they can start driving 100, 200, 300% growth in themselves and, and, and the surrounding around them. And that means you might have to reshuffle your teams a little bit about how you think about going about teams, right? It's based on strength, not necessarily title or position. And two, start unleashing, bring people into rooms together. If anything, the pandemic did us all a solid, mm. right? You've got Zoom. You can bring people together much quicker and much faster at a much greater scale than you ever could before. So start making sure that people have an opportunity to collaborate in new and exciting ways and have them solve actual business problems. Yes, they have their day-to-day jobs. They have their line, line positions, super important, but involve them in solving some of your toughest business challenges. I'm surprised routinely, Josh, how many organizations do not tap into the genius that's within their own, within their own company, their own rank and file? How many great ideas never make it up to the C-suite internally? You don't even actually have to hire super expensive consultants to do this. If you can find a way to mine the best thinking creativity and give it a voice in a forum, I think that you will uh, find that you have genius within your own ranks. People in your own ranks already know how to solve what you're trying to solve, and people will stick around. I don't think it's about beanie bags and, and, and you know, <laughs> uh, table tennis anymore. I think people want mission, <laughs> right? People want to be missional. They want to work on stuff that matters. And they yes, get yes, the yes. Look, I've got my line item. I've got to work on that. I get that. But yeah. give me the opportunity to have a voice in the organization. Look, look at the Gen Z and millennial generation. A lot of organizations. That's have absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's not fight that. Let's learn from them. A lot of those yeah. folks, are ha- they're, ha- they're having a hard time because they don't want to be spreadsheet robots, right? And the right. organization is saying, well, wait a minute. We gave, you the, we gave you the table tennis and we gave you the snacks and we gave you the unlimited vacation. Why aren't you sticking around? Because I want to have impact and I want to have my voice heard and I care about meritocracy and I, and I care about racial justice. We have an opportunity to build a radically new atmosphere by allowing those folks to actually bring their genius into, into big problems that you're trying to solve. 
right? And distribute that, get, distribute that type of thinking and that type of decision making. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, is, are there any, uh, you know, to that note, and, and again, we just have a few minutes left, but, um, you know, in terms of, you know, focusing on the why, the mission, you know, the purpose, right. like, wh- why are we doing what we do, right? What's the purpose of a TPS cover sheet? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 office space, right? You know, space, um, yeah. I, I love this. Um, is it, you know, is is Simon Sinek a good place to go to kind of get kind of more in this direction? Or are there other resources that that you'd recommend? No question. I mean, Simon Sinek is great, right? And you can find a whole bunch of great resources um, uh, uh, online. No question about that. But I think it's about distributed decision making. It's about distributive decision making, right? You don't have to tear down your whole org chart. You don't have to you know, redesign your whole entire company, but give people access throughout your whole entire organization to be part of decision making, solving problems, pitching problems, both internally and externally, and unleash their genius. If you give people a voice and they know that they have access to a voice, they have access to exposure, they have access to being heard, they'll never leave you. I mean, they will, they'll stick around for years because they feel like they're part of something that's great in themselves. They feel like yeah. they have equity in, in, in the company. They feel like they actually care about what's happening in the organization. And you can't put a price on that, right? You can't put a price on that kind of, that kind of atmosphere. It's healthy, it's participative, yeah. and it's bold. And it takes courage. It takes courage for an organization to say, we're going to rethink our talent. Isn't it interesting that we say that people are our number one asset, and yet it's the number one expense on, on, on the balance sheet? Right. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a dichotomy there. And I get it. I get it from an accounting perspective. Don't get me wrong. I'm not asking you to tear down your, you know, your accounting. But what I am saying is let's let's unleash the voice within and let's give people an opportunity to participate in big decisions. And, and as a C-level executive or, or a senior executive, let me tell you something. You're going to get ideas and input and maybe more importantly, buy in. Because we all know you can have, you have smart people working for you, laying down the tracks for strategy. And it boils down to the execution. More companies fail in execution than on strategy, right? They've got yes. really brilliant ideas. Yep. Get people's buy-in. It will, it will drive execution. You'll see people working at 8 o'clock at night, right, because they're so passionate and so on fire, and you don't have to motivate them. You know, and I'll end with this. A lot of companies talk about what's the best way to retain talent. Has that struck you as being a little codependent? When you start getting into this conversation about retaining talent, I think it's a much more interesting conversation about how do you actually energize your, your talent to work on something that's bigger than themselves. Maybe that's the theme, Josh. I think maybe that's what's coming out of COVID is this theme of like, I get to be part of something within my organization that's bigger than myself. And if you do that, I don't think you have to have conversations about retaining talent. I think the talent sticks around and wants to be part of it. Yeah. I hope that's helpful. Ruben, this is fantastic. Ruben Abudarabi, uh, your website again is uh, oh gosh, the Austin agency. When right. folks go there, what should they click on? What should they do? What's the next step? Uh, Check to, out our three mini videos, a less than forty seconds a piece. You, yep. you'll, you'll get a sense of what we do. But I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with these two plugs if you don't mind, because I really care about your audience and I care about their growth. Number one, check out our work that we're doing on diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think we're the only agency in town, in the country, who's figured out to tie that directly to growth. It's a really interesting approach to growth. Number two, we're going to be launching a new solution coming out here in a few weeks called Sales War Games. To the best of my knowledge, nobody has Sales War Games. We're going to put your teams through something they've never been through before, and they're going to, it's going to drive growth, growth, increase your close ratio, and, and the atmosphere is going to be explosive. You know, you, going back to, going back to your, your question, atmosphere, 
it takes confidence. And I think that we've all been beaten up a little bit with this COVID situation, with this COVID pandemic. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you can instill people, life is much easier when you can go through with self-worth and confidence. And we have some ways to give that to your teams and they'll they'll reward you handsomely in the marketplace. Yeah, I dig it. Ruben Abudarabi, you got a fun last, I, you have a fun last name to say. It's like a vowel <laughs> exercise. It's a little vowel <laughs> exercise, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, again, the Austin.agency. This has been a lot of fun. Ruben, thanks so much for joining us. Josh, a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.